a great atmosphere here today, eh? Great presence of the Lord. We need to hunger for the atmosphere of God all the time. The presence of God is refreshing. He refreshes us. Thank you very much. God refreshes us. Well, I've been looking forward to today. And uh, we want to just talk. Uh, we've had sort of all these events on over the holidays. How many come back all refreshed, ready for a great new year? Yeah, it's been a great time, hasn't it, eh? And uh, every year, every year is what you choose to make of it. It's what you make of it. And uh, one of the things that uh, we have done consistently over our life, the end of one year and beginning of the next, begin to just pray and ask the Lord to just show what sorts of things He wants to do to get a fresh focus. Because uh, every time we're willing to change, God will take us forward. So I want to share over a couple of Sundays just vision and direction where I feel God is moving us, uh, moving us individually, moving us corporately. And uh, when that happens, it's always exciting. Remember, I started off the year, I began to share with you that word advance, advance. I felt the Lord, that word in my spirit, advance, meaning don't mark time, don't stay where you are, it's time to move forward, time to move forward. The word advance means to come up to another level, another positioning. So in our life this year, God will give grace for us to move forward, to make progress, and to come up to another level. Could be in your marriage, your life with God, your finances. Uh, it could be in uh, your your job or workplace and the school. But the thing is that it won't take place unless we put feet to what we feel God's saying. You just got to decide to do something. And so I want you to think in this year how you will advance. And uh, there are three particular areas. Could you just bring the volume up a bit or give me more feedback? I'm finding I'm having that's a bit better. There you go. Okay, there are three areas I felt the Lord say that uh, He wants us to advance, to make progress or move forward. So these three areas will form uh, major parts of what we want to do through the year. And so uh, we haven't changed vision, but actually what we're doing is just saying, bringing it into clarity for this year. And I felt the Lord uh, speak to me, number one, that this, this is the season for increase of supernatural in the church, increase of miracles, increase of, uh, of people being changed by the power of God, increase of the presence of God, increase of, uh, uh, of things happening that can only be explained by saying, hey, God did that. Okay, and that doesn't, that can be supernatural, it's not necessarily spectacular, it can be very small little things where God answers, it can be very major things of manifestations we haven't seen before. So during the course of this year, I will be continually pushing in my own life and in the life of the church for an expansion of the supernatural, for an expansion of an open heaven, and for an expansion of emphasis on miracles and God moving. So today we started today with a miracle. That's a good way to start, isn't it, eh? And no one can deny. Someone walks up, they're, they're doomed to go to a doctor for an operation. They've got their foot in a metal splint, uh, their knee in a metal splint, and then they walk away without the splint. You can't help but say, God did something significant there. Isn't that right? You saw it in front of your eyes. And what you saw, just the beginning of the things God wants to do. So don't just settle back and say, oh, it'll just be the same as last year. For you, it will be if you think that way. But for those who will be willing to think differently, uh, we can raise our vision on this area. Second area I felt was the area of souls, connecting into the community and gathering souls to be saved. Now, we need to recognize the church is called to reach people, to gather people. You can't do it unless you form relationships and find ways of connecting. Uh, much of the church's growth has come by transfer. There'll be many of you here transferred from another church. And that is wonderful. You're very welcome. It's wonderful when people are added in. But it's for a purpose that you will actually put your hand to the work. And the work is changing the community. The work is reaching souls. So ask yourself this question. When did I last win any person I know to Jesus Christ? When was anyone won to Christ through my efforts? And if it's a long, long time, we've got to make a decision to change. Now, maybe you got knocked back. But listen, move on. Time to advance. Move on. Soul winning's got its challenges. You do get setbacks and knockbacks, but you don't have to stay knocked back. You just got to arise. And during the year, we're going to give keys to how to do that. In fact, this week, the small groups are starting. And in the small groups, they've got a special four-week training seminar. It's called Crossing the Room. And it's about going over and introducing yourself and connecting with people who don't know Christ or who are strangers or different. Last few weeks in the church, I've been getting everyone to stand up and go talk to one another. How many have enjoyed doing that? How many met people you never met before? 
Uh, great, you're getting the idea. Well, we, if we couldn't do it in the church, we had to, we're never going to do it in the community. You've got to learn to cross over and where people are, meet with them. So just lots of little things, not necessarily big things, bring about a major change. So this year, will anyone be one to Christ and drawn to know Him because of what you did or what you did as part of a group? Uh, and then that means connecting. The third thing is sending. Sending. I've used the S because it's three S's, supernatural souls and sending. But sending, the whole dimension of ascending is really about the apostolic uh, training, preparing people, and then anointing them to go out and make a difference, to do something. And uh, I'll touch on that a little bit more today. Uh, but part of being an apostolic church is that people are sent out to do something. Now, uh, historically, the church has been pastoral. In other words, the mentality is, well, we come and gather and we get in a small group and we're, we're nurtured and comforted and blessed and we enjoy all of that. But God's moving the church now to become an army to go out and make a difference. And so to do that, you've got to get, a, get to grow in your personal life and be trained so you can make a difference and not quit the first day someone, something negative happens. So those are three streams of uh, influence, the three streams uh, of thinking and value that will be dominating where we go this year and into next year as well. Supernatural, the increasing the presence of God, souls connecting with unsaved people, winning them to Christ, and sending, equipping people, and preparing them to go out as disciples of the living God. Now, last year, how many remember Jeff Jansen came to the church last year? Okay. Well, for many people, someone like that, it's just, well, it's a nice break. It's winter time. He came. We had a great time, great meetings. God bless. Let's move on. And uh, that's not the way to view this. If you view it that way, it's like you got fingers in your ears and you didn't hear a thing. You felt something, felt good, then went away and nothing changed. So what I want to do is just highlight and give a bit of a context to some of the changes we're making uh, because they flow out of things God said. And one of the things you need to understand is all my life, I have always been a person who listened to what God says. Even if other people don't like it, it doesn't make any difference to me. I was raised in religious background. I didn't ever hear God say anything. Heard a lot of do this, don't do that. So when I got an encounter with God, that's how I am hardwired for the rest of my life. What God says, I really, really, really want to hear that and do something about that. So I want to just touch base with you a couple of things uh, that happened in that time. Jeff Jansen is a five-fold ministry gift. He has the office of a prophet. Church is built around office gifts like a prophet and an apostle. He came into the church and he had some things prepared for us. The moment he stood up the first night, he felt the Holy Ghost say, put it all aside. I'm going to speak to you some things that are for this church at this time. And so he, he brought out a number of things, and uh, I got them taped, and I wrote down some notes in my diary. I journaled the things that I felt were the prophetic words over Joy and myself, and then some of the prophetic words over the church. And uh, I just left them be for a bit because I found when you try and work it out, you can't figure it out. But when you look back a little later, you think, oh, my goodness me. And, uh, and I looked, at, and I saw, wow, now look at this. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit, so when, when he came, it was the Holy Spirit speaking to the church. And continually, the Lord says, he that has an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit says to the church. It's not what you think. That's not important. What is the Spirit saying to the church? Worldwide, and particularly locally, and particularly for you. And so one of the keys to a successful, fruitful life is to continue to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. And if we're a corporate body, what the Spirit is saying to us. And so that's how you succeed. If you don't hear, it's because of spiritual dullness. And so uh, we advance when we listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying, begin to move forward. We place value and weight on the Holy Spirit, not on our plans and dreams. We must plan. We must work things out. We must be practical. But we must actually have Holy Spirit direction. We need to value the Holy Spirit's direction. I came here not because I wanted to. I did not want to come to Hastings. I came because I was sent by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And his plan was better than my one, which was staying home. True. And so if the Holy Spirit's speaking to us individually and corporately, believe me, his plan for you is better than you thought up. And it's a much better plan. It gets much better outcomes and other people get blessed. So you're being blessed because I listened and said yes. Imagine if I didn't say yes. Be hundreds of thousands of people who would have missed out over the course of the last 25 years. Think about that. 
Okay then, so there are people waiting for you to hear what God has to say and do something about it. The year before Charlie Robinson came, you remember that? Anyone remember one of the important things he said? That we had been robbed of very much blessing because of negative talk. So for the rest of that year, I worked on everyone changing the way they talked and we did a message, remember, on the power of the tongue, taming the tongue? I, don't, I didn't get that out of a book, you know, I got that by listening to the Holy Ghost. Because God wanted to shut up evil speaking and learn to bring us to this year where we learn the power, how to exercise our authority by speaking words. So if you don't get rid of the junky words, you won't learn to build words that heal people's bodies. Get the idea? So what did, what did uh, Jeff say here? So now, if you listen to this, you get the whole picture for why we're changing this year and where we're moving or what we're moving towards. The first thing he said was, the next 15 years for, will far surpass what happened in the last 15 years. It's the beginning of a brand new cycle. How about that? That the next 15 years will be far surpassing in their, those 15 years what we did in the last 15. The last 15 takes us back to a major move of God uh, which took place in about 1993, 94, 95. And in the period from then until now, what we accomplished in that period is small compared to what we intend to accomplish in the next 15. So that's prophetic. Okay, then he said, here's the second thing he said, what brought you this far won't take you into that next season. So I've been thinking through in my own life, what has it brought me this far and what do I need to change and shift to move forward in the next season? So virtually saying, he gave a picture of a ladder, he said it showed a picture of a man on the top of a ladder, he can't go any further unless you get another ladder. And he said the tools that took you this far won't take you further, so you have to make a change. You have to change flow, emphasis and areas of ministry and have to come into new experiences of God, new dimensions of God. So that means, you need, and the second, next thing he said was, you need to make room for the Holy Spirit, you need to make room for the glory of God, make room for a greater presence, power and operation of God. Now that makes people uncomfortable because we like the old, the old is better. But no, the old won't take us where we need to go, so we have to be willing to change. When I arrived in Hastings, I made a change. I put aside everything I preached and started again. Okay, now we're ready to go again. Another level, okay? Here's another thing that he said, the winds of change are blowing and six months time, there'll, there'll come a breaking out in the church. Well, six months, this is it. Six months now, you can feel the change in atmosphere. Here it is. But how many wrote it down and put it in their diary like I did, February, look out. Something's changing in the church. How many felt in the last month a, a change taking place in the church? Well, okay, if you've been listening six months ago, you would have known. You know, we're operating in a flow of the Spirit of God. It's exciting. And, one of the, and the other thing he said was that there'd be repositioning for joy in myself, which we've an important part of that. And so you, they come up on Sunday and prayed for us, anointed us, and you know, it was a lovely day and a great experience. I don't know what it all means, but, but later on I figure it out. So I found with the Holy Ghost, if you just say yes to Him, you'll find out how good His ideas are later on. So it's, it's much better to operate that way. So now I'm realizing God's wanting to reposition, join myself uh, in a greater role together, a greater role apostolically. And so another thing he said was, well, you'll have to give yourself to prayer and fasting and not engage in some activities you've been engaging in. You've got to shift your positioning internally together and in prayer. So, that, so those are, that's prophetic. We got that six months ago. So we want to now look at where we're going. And so we brought out these three areas of emphasis, number one, supernatural, number two, souls, and number three, sending or becoming apostolic. This week, I want to pick up the aspect of being an apostolic church. I want to talk to you a little bit about what that means. I can't unpack it all today, but I will do a series on it, and that will help us understand the important shift God is making. Then next week, we're going to look at the area of sending, uh, the, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the area of souls, and the importance of gathering, reaching, and winning souls. And then in week three, I've got uh, Clark Taylor coming. Now, yeah. now, listen to this. Clark Taylor was the man who initiated in my life a lift up from where I was in Dannyvirk to where I've operated for the last 25 years. He was the one who put impartation of faith and anointing, which I took hold of and developed, and on the basis of that, have been able to do for many years all the things I do. He was the one. 
it's no coincidence that after all of these years, he comes back into our church at the end of this month again, and I believe it's a part of a shift in the culture of the church. And he will bring a tremendous supernatural dimension. He's an amazing man. Uh, here he is. I know he must be in his 70s now. He's had a heart, heart attack, had a heart transplant. He just never quits. Doctors several times in his life have told him, go home and die. And he said, he went home and he said, I won't die, I'll live. I have more to do. And so you're going to love his ministry. You'll just fall in love with him as a person. He's just a tremendous man of God. And uh, he has impacted my life. I have most of what I have in the last uh, 25 years, I owe to the seed he sowed. So for me, it's tremendously important him coming here right now at this time. It's something God is doing because I couldn't have orchestrated it. And he in turn also has asked me to come to his church and also to minister into his pastors. So there is a reconnecting in a different way again. And this is a very, very strategic time of change and shift. So you want to be here for those meetings that we can and come hungry to receive. When I first heard about Clark, uh, I was hungry. I looked around and thought, man, everyone around the church seen as far as I can see it, there's no faith. I said, Where can I get faith? And then I explore, I looked around, who can I find that imparts real faith that shifts you? And I heard this name, Clark Taylor. So I looked for him and God connected us to him. He imparted, we got faith. And out of faith, we launched the church and got the building, did everything. But in the last 15 years, we've had some difficulties in rising to new levels. And this season now, it's about coming to new levels. Amen? Advancing. Okay then. All right then. So uh, I want to just uh, give an introductory thing about the apostolic church. Where we're going to go to is going to be found in, uh, we'll, we'll start off in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And what I'm going to do is just connect our vision this year to just a couple of things in Scripture without going too far into them. I want to connect changes we're making to some things in the Bible. So first of 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Now God has appointed in the church, firstly, firstly, apostles. So you notice here, firstly, first in rank, the words proton, meaning the first, the highest rank, the one that comes ahead, the one that actually carries the greater weight. So in the church of Jesus Christ, God has said apostles. The apostle is one who is sent, and they're commissioned to pioneer breakthrough, and they are the first ministry because the apostle gets what God wants the church to do. The prophet calls people to get near to God. The teacher helps them build and grow. So if a church is pastorally run, in other words, the primary gifting is a pastor, the church will be full of love and nurture and care, but not much maturity, not much mission, not much sending. When God begins to put apostles and prophets in the church, if you just have a prophet in the church, they tend to blow everyone out by wanting them to get holy and near to God all the time. Whereas an apostle will say, no, we've got a work we have to do here in Hastings, here in Napier, here in New Zealand, here in the world. Let's get busy with what God wants us to do. So my primary thinking, anointing, empowerment is you're here to get something done for God. Get with the plan and stop messing around and compromise. The prophet will then call you to step up and engage God and change, repent, get clean and available for God to use. Teacher will talk to you about how to get right, how to walk with God, how the principles of God, about the primary function of the apostolic is to mobilize the church to mission, locally and globally. Got the idea? Hence, you'll find that the primary thrust will be get out there and make something happen, not just gather and enjoy good meetings. See? You get any idea? Okay. So, uh, so there's a, or the anointing of an apostle actually can get you up and get you going and put faith into you. So yesterday, we had a whole heap of people came in at various levels, and by the end of the day, they're able to pray for people, power of God comes on them, they had people falling down all over the place, all kinds of things happening. Why? Because they got under apostolic anointing, got empowered, and now they find they can do things. That's what it's about. Any idea? Okay, let's go into Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 6. We're going to go to one more scripture after this. Acts chapter 6. The church in the New Testament began where? It began in Jerusalem. And chapter 6, in those days when the number of disciples multiplied, there was a complaint against the Hebrews or the Jews by the Greek Jews because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. And so the 12 called the disciples said, it's not right that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. 
find men among you, seven men, full of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We'll appoint them over the business, but we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the Word. That's what apostles have to do. And the saying, this, this saying it pleased the whole multitude. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Ghost, Philip, uh, uh, Prochorius, uh, Nicanor, Timon, uh, all those names. Uh, and notice a proselyte from Antioch. And they prayed and laid hands on them. Then the word of God grew. Now you notice something in here that the church in Jerusalem is having a, what's called a move of God. Revivalists look for moves of God. So if you hear someone called a revivalist, basically they're looking for a move of God. When you, uh, so, and revivalists have a certain mentality. Now Jerusalem had a move of God. But if you follow what happened, you find the Jerusalem church had some major issues. And they come out in Acts 6. Here's the first issue that they had. The first issue they had was this, is there were Jews, and then there were Greek Jewish people there as well, and there was a, a separation between the two. In other words, it was a monocultural church. If we were to put it in context, they would say full of white middle-class people. And the minority culture was being sidelined. And that's why the complaining came. And the key issue was, would the church become multicultural or would the church just stay fragmented into different groups? So the, the first issue they had was, it was a monocultural church. When you have a monocultural church, the minority cultures feel minimized and not a part and feel isolated and feel not part of what God is doing. Or they feel as though there's second class within the church or house of God, which is very wrong. There's no second class people. So one of the problems that had it never broke out of that. They kept thinking it's all about the Jews, all about Jerusalem. They were totally self-referenced or focused on their own thing they were building. They did not wholeheartedly embrace what Jesus wanted them to do, which was take the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the utmost parts of the world. They were so resistant to it because they were so focused on their own blessing and growth that in the end a persecution arose that forced them to scatter, and that's how the church spread. Now let's put it in a scene for today. Scene for today is when a church enjoys being together, enjoys the moves of God, enjoys the blessings, enjoys uh, being in a wonderful place and having God move, but fails to embrace the bigger purpose that God has. In other words, it's always about me and what I get and what's in this for me. And that's not the heart of God. If you follow, I won't go any more on the church in Jerusalem, but if you follow it through, later on there was a famine. Now get this, there is only one church in the Bible recorded where they took up an offering to help the church out financially. Guess which church it was? Jerusalem. How could they have started so well, so highly resourced, and ended up so in much in need? Well, I think it's primarily because they failed to get a global vision for what God wanted them to do. Think about that. Think about today, churches remaining small because they're concerned about themselves, they're not embracing the mission to be global, and they're rejecting or resisting prophetic changes in the church to shift them out of pastoral mode to apostolic. So they don't change. They stay little groups of believers. Now, we, we're not condemning that in any way. In fact, every church is a wonderful part of the body of Christ. But you've got to understand that without uh, fivefold ministry gifts to stretch them up, they don't move, they don't grow, they just stay little groups. And we don't want to stay a little group. Not when there's at least 120,000 people here to be saved. You're not in a big church, you're in a little church. You're not in a big church. New Testament, the Jerusalem church was 100,000 strong. Half the city got saved. So that would make us need to be, well, just we took into account Hastings, that's 25,000. If we took into account Hastings and Napier, now we're looking at 50,000. Get the global way God thinks. We're thinking too small. And you know, one of the reasons it stays like that and stays small, because we don't get God's heart to see souls saved. 
we're happy to be saved and blessed. Give me more. Teach me more. Well, that was good. When's the next one? What's the next message? Quick, download something off the internet. Go to this one. Listen, all of that produces people who actually are dull and not moving forward. To advance, you've got to engage in mission, locally, globally. Get the idea? Now, so if you read in the New Testament, you find all the action shifted from Jerusalem and went to Antioch because Antioch was different. The idea? Now, notice in this one here that to solve the problem, they raised up deacons, but actually the people they raised up were all Greek Jews. There was never a proper merging of the two cultures. And that's, we've got to consider that. Okay, we're going to show you some things we have to work on that. We have to work on that. So this year, I'm going to a church which is very strongly multicultural to find out what they do differently to what we do. Okay, now, this, now let's go into Acts chapter 13. And we'll just stop here, and this is where I'll share some things. Acts chapter 13. Now, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Blackfella, Lucius of Cyrene, because that word nigger, niger, I don't know what it is, whatever it is, it's black. And uh, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought over there at the Tetrarch, and saw, there it is. I mean, you probably read it before, but you didn't see it. They called him a black. And, uh, so, and as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them. And then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them out. And they were sent out by the Holy Ghost. Let me give it to you real quick, and I'll lay out then the key things we want to shift. Number one, the church was multicultural. It had all manner of people there from every kind of background. There were Jews, Greeks, there were people from Africa, all over the place. It was a multicultural church. Now, we've got a mixture of cultures here in Bay City. And uh, one of the things that I want to do next week uh, to just acknowledge we have different cultures is uh, Sajan, who's uh, pioneered and built a work among uh, the Indian people in our community. Maybe you don't have to go to nations to be multicultural. You can actually just work locally. Anyone's watching the Hawke's Bay would see that in Hawke's Bay, there's all kinds of cultures here now. We've got to reach them. So here God has added to us uh, a man of God, and uh, Sergeant and Jesse have come here, and they have worked and labored, and we see harvest of Indian people who God has added and are now part of Bay City, and we want to ordain him as a pastor and raise him up into senior role in the church to recognize the church is growing and has to embrace multicultural dimensions. He's ready for that kind of role because he's uh, proven himself capable of getting people saved, working in the miraculous, uh, pioneering and adding people in and discipling them. Second thing is that was a characteristic here was the church was, had a team ministry. You notice there's a group there which are a team. Notice the whole team that's in there. There's all manners of people there, but they had a key leadership team. So one of the things that's happening now, which is an emphasis, the church must operate as teams not single ministries. The focus is on team, not individual ministries. And you look there at the different people they had on the team. There was Barnabas from Jerusalem, a teacher prophet. Simon, who was, uh, sorry, uh, where is he here? Uh, Barnabas, Simeon. Simeon, who was from, uh, from Africa, he was called the Black. Yeah? Lucius of Cyrene, and he was uh, also from the same kind of place. He was probably from South Africa, North Africa. Uh, he was prophetic. And there are these other guys, all of them. Notice here, there's also uh, this guy who was brought up with here at the Tetrarch. Now, he was in the place of, of he was, uh, how would you call him? He, he was raised up. In other words, he was brought up in a significant leadership family. Herod was the Tetrarch or the king over Israel at the time. And this was a man from the king's family. So he was raw blood. So you look, and the culture had everyone from high professional right at the top of government, right down through to uh, criminals and slaves and every kind of person. It was a totally multicultural, involving old and young, professionals, non-professionals, people out of work, people who are oppressed, people out of jail, all that kind of thing. And so the church had a huge dimension to it like that. Next thing we know, so we're in the church here, the last few years we've been working hard to develop teams, network teams, the uh, prophetic evangelism team, the various teams in the church. This year we want to grow some new teams, and we need to develop ministry teams, people who can minister in the Holy Ghost, people who can counsel and bring healing to people. We need to raise up people in business who will help with the work of God in other nations. 
there's a whole range of teams that we need to call forth and raise up in this coming years. And we want to get onto that this year, starting doing that. The next thing you notice, that there was a senior leadership team or a governing eldership team. So all the New Testament church had elders. And so they had an eldership team who had the ability and anointing and power to be able to impart, not a committee, Holy Ghost empowered people. So I'm about to now form and started the process of forming an eldership team. And uh, the eldership team is in formation. That means it's not ready there. We're just giving room to see what God will do and see, who, see His endorsement on lives and uh, work together to build a team. And I've chosen for that Ian, a current elder. I've chosen for that Lynn. I've chosen for that uh, Doug, who's a pastor on the staff. Davey's a pastor on the staff. Steve, a pastor on the staff. Sarjan, and also Bryden, who's been here with us many years. And they're coming together to form a team. Their wives, of course, are in support, or their spouses are a part of that. But we're forming a team that includes older people who have spiritual experience, younger people who will have to carry the work to the next generation. And so you have a mixture of older and younger, which reflects how we want to build the church, three-generational church. And so the younger ones uh, will help keep everything current to the new generation emerging and stop us fossilizing and doing old things. But all the time, all the time we need to build the church with the future in mind. So we don't look at where people are, we look at what they could be and help them grow towards there with your prayers and support. So this year we'll be working and training them and imparting more to them. Notice also it says, they ministered to the Lord and fasted. So prayer and fasting is an important part of an apostolic church. This year we will increase our prayer and fasting. We've done three weeks of it. We'll be doing weeks on and off through the year. Every new term will begin with a week of prayer and fasting. I encourage you to get on board because an apostolic church is characterized by strong, aggressive prayer that shifts spiritual atmospheres and gets breakthroughs. And so we need to recognize the importance of that in our church by giving more evidence of that. Prayer births ministries. Jesus saw the harvest. He said, pray, because it's the Lord will send people out to the harvest. So God wants you to be, us all to become a praying church, to raise up the level of prayer. So today, I want to, at the end of the service, lay hands on all the intercessors who have been a powerhouse of prayer in the church, and we want to recognize them, get them out of the back room, get them up the front here, recognize what they've done, lay hands on them to go further, but the spirit of prayer needs to be upon every person in the church. We need to grow our prayer. So we'll be working at that area this year to get you praying more strongly, more consistently, and more in faith. Notice here that there was a high value placed on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to take your best and send them out. They placed value on the Holy Spirit, not on holding things like they used to be. They gave honor to the Holy Spirit as being the supreme director. What he says is where we go. So you notice the church was characterized, strong spiritual atmosphere, lifted up by prayer and fasting and with a, a proper structure in the church. And there was a strong dimension of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost could speak and ministries would start because God spoke. And I want to get us into that area where more and more and more we're hearing God speak and things are happening. You get an idea? Absolutely wonderful. I love it all. So we want to pray for the intercessors and honor the Holy Spirit. Not only that, uh, people were commissioned to advance. Notice it, the Lord said, separate out from me Barnabas and, and Saul to the work I've called them. They fasted and prayed, laid hands and sent them out. So two last things. One is in an in a, uh, apostolic church, people are commissioned for things. So I want to lay hands on as many people this year as possible, but it only really works if you are willing to submit to training and preparation, and then you are sent to get a work done. Every believer in an apostolic church is a sent person. It, the only question is whether you show up for training and development and get prepared and get a hold of what God wants you to do and present yourself to go out and do it or whether you just want to have church as usual and remain irrelevant to what God wants to do. Come on. Some step up. Try to come up. Churches everywhere. God is pulling the church up. God has a work for you to do. Will you be in a You don't have to be some great thing. You just need to go out there and know God has gifted me to make a difference in the community, and I've got a plan how I'm going to do it. You know, I've seen people do it. They break out, they start a barbecue, they do something in the community, start to pray, people come around, next thing you know, a group's gathered together, or Ray and Annika did it, other people can do it. We want all the groups in the church this year, get out, do something in the community. Individuals, rise up, begin to learn how to pray. I'll be teaching you next seminar how to exercise spiritual authority so you start to experience breakthroughs. 
Come on, we're on the change this year. And finally, the last part is God wants us, uh, an apostolic church contains breakthrough believers, ordinary people. Now get this, ordinary people become extraordinary in their acts. Now get this, if I asked to ask who among you is a Christian, well, you all put your hand up, say. Okay, now let's ask if you are a biblical Christian. Ah, it's a bit different. That's a big difference. See, the Bible says that the people who were called Christians were from Antioch, and they were disciples of Jesus Christ. Disciples, someone who submits to the words of God and their life is engaged in serving the Lord. They're people who've grown into becoming fruitful for the Lord. Here's the second thing about them. Why would they call them Christians? Why didn't they just call them disciples? They used to call them something else. They used to call them, these are people of the way. This is the people of the way. They called them the way. You know, they changed the name to Christians. Why did they change that name? Here's why they changed the name. The word Christ means anointed. Christian is a little anointed one who's doing the same things as the anointed one Jesus Christ did. So why? Now, who gave them the name? Unsaved people. The unsaved people said those people who are wholehearted disciples and followers of Christ and are doing miraculous works and praying for people to heal, they're seeing signs and wonders, they must be Christians, little Christs. Today, we've diluted the word. In the time we found the original meaning again and stepped back up, became breakthrough believers, moving in the power and the presence of God. That's why I'm doing these seminars this year. It's actually to help equip you. So good on you all who turned up. And those who didn't, you missed phase one. Phase two builds on it. Come on, we need to come up, step up, and begin to start to make ourselves available so we can become Christians, anointed ones. Yeah, not as anointed as Jesus, but still little anointed ones, doing the work of Jesus in the community, making a difference. Supernatural souls, sending people out to make a difference. That's where we're moving this year, and the activities around it. I've got Clark coming, got a supernatural conference at Easter, hoping to get some major supernatural stuff at the end of the year. On the way, we'll be looking at influencing the church to move out and to make things happen. The big thing is, do you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, or is it la, 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 la? I hope there's none of that. We want us to be Christians, small, little anointed ones, doing mighty and great works for the Lord. I wonder if we'd have all our intercessors up now. Lynn, I want you to give Lynn a great clap. She has carried for 15 years the burden of prayer and intercession in this church. She has carried the spirit of prayer, and she has carried a heart for healing and restoration, which God put into the DNA of the church at the beginning of the year. She has called forth people to be intercessors. This is the first time I've seen them all. Now, remember at the beginning of the year, I talked about the church being military. Remember I said, if you're going to be militant, you have to have a strategy. And here's the strategy. You have to win in the air before you win on the ground. You have to have prevailing prayer. Okay then. Now have a look how many are up here. Have a look how many are around there. I reckon she's hooked up about a third of the church to pray. I would like to really honor Lynn for your ministry. I remember when you came in very broken. I knew God had placed you here. When Lynn came here, she came because of the move of the Spirit of God in 93, 4, 5. She paid a huge price. She was rejected, criticized, put down, shamed, belittled, and driven out as someone of no value. She came here, God. She's opened a life for the Lord to heal and restore her. And God has raised her up, sent her into nations. She's a highly respected international minister. And she's a pillar in our church. And around her, you see the fruit of her ministry, some of it. People she's inspired to pray. Now, you don't see them pray, but they're up in a little room there, a hot little room. I've asked for one of the staff to put some air con in there just so we don't have any hot little rooms. They're going out to the streets this Monday, tomorrow, 
Lynn will be out preaching in the streets, surrounded by the intercessors and bringing hope to people who've had a, someone has been murdered in their family and the people are broken hearted. This is to be a first step into the streets really of, of this area. This is a great day. See, it's the beginning of new things. And I wanted to start by honoring, first of all, those who get into the place of prayer to undergird all the ministries of the church. It doesn't mean you don't pray. Of course, the majority of the church are praying people. Some are incredibly praying people and you're focused in your area. What you need to know is that someone prays for you and your ministry. No matter what part of the church you're in, the intercessors are praying for you and your ministry. And here they are. You would have walked past them and didn't realize that person was holding me in their heart. They were on their face before God, weeping, crying out to God. This is a great day. And I wanted today to just have all our intercessors out in the open so you can realize that at varying levels, they are praying for us to succeed. And as we go further, we'll need more prayer because everyone's called to be an intercessor. We'll need more fasting. We'll need training. But we need a willingness. Lord, here am I, send me. Church, let's lift your hands up right now to this, the people here. Uh, Ian, like to come with me and we'll just lay your hands on. Uh, you got some oil there, have you? Good, good man. Okay, why don't we just uh, get Lynn out the front here, first of all. Just in front of everyone. There we go. Just stand there. And uh, let's see someone behind her. And uh, church, reach your hands out to Lynn. I love Lynn. It's just very... What rumble and roar. The widow's oil. I, <laughs> the witness is it? The widow's oil. <laughs> and uh, Lynn has had probably 15 years of uh, containment in many ways. And uh, there was a season where uh, we, we contained her. I had to contain her. Uh, Leon would understand what that means. <laughs> Where's Leon? You would understand that. <laughs> He's nodding vigorously, uh, but she responded to this and she's ready to fly to another level. And so, Joy, would like to come and stand with me here and let's just lay hands and uh, Joy, just take some oil. Can take some oil. It's a, day, it's a day of new things. And we just want to publicly honor Lynn and just publicly recognize the great work she's done. Many of you here have uh, been through the healing restoration, have been touched and, and wept, and she's poured out her heart. She doesn't just bring a message, she pours her heart out. So today, we want to anoint her and honor her and just believe God for new things. <laughs> she's laughing and crying. You know, that's her. That's Lynn. Laughs, cries. She actually snorts if you listen to the laughing. But it's a holy snort. <laughs> Holy Ghost! Holy Ghost! Come upon her. We thank you for the gift of this ministry. We thank you for learning. Father, we decree a breaking, uh, a way of all past things, past reproaches, criticisms. Uh, we break the power of those things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we anoint her and set her apart uh, into a governmental spiritual positioning. Uh, we call her forth uh, as a prophet to the body of Christ, uh, a fivefold ministry gift uh, called into the prophetic, uh, called uh, to restoration, called to move uh, in powerful dimensions of the Spirit. Uh, as we lay hands upon her today, release a new mantle of God, uh, release a new mantle of the Holy Ghost, uh, powerful mantle of miracles, uh, breakthroughs uh, in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, Holy Ghost, come upon her now in Jesus' name. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I'll get some of that oil too on me. I'm in for all I can get. Well, look at that. Come on, Mark, why don't you come over here? Mark and Mary, you stand on either side of them. Mark and, Mark and Mary have been real pillars with Lynn in the prayer ministry. And uh, each of them have had their own challenges. I won't identify what they are, but Mary's had some huge challenges. No, not with Lynn. No, huge challenges. Or <laughs> well, there too as well, you know. <laughs> but they've had huge challenges in their personal life. Uh, the challenges uh, that Mary have, if you get to know her, you'll realize what they are. And she's had to push through all of those and stay in that place of prayer. And uh, she's got a passionate prayer for the Lord. Look past the vessel to what God has done. Mark's had his challenges, 
and uh, tremendous difficulties on the way, but uh, God has rewarded him for his diligence seeking him. And so he's carried something special from the Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you. (laughs) Holy Ghost, come on them now. Thank you, Lord. All right, then. We've got some catches behind all these intercessors here. Okay, we're ready. Intercessors, you like to step forward. First row of intercessors, we pray anyone behind them is a catcher. If you're in the front row, you're being prayed for. If you're the back row, you're catching. Okay, then. Ready? Ready? Just come forward behind them. Make sure there's someone behind everyone. Okay? And if, you haven't got, and if you're behind them, Same over there, okay? Front row, if someone is, uh, if you're a catcher, touch the person on the shoulder. If you have someone touch you on the shoulder, you can raise your hands. Hold your hands up. Raised hands means if I fall over, someone will catch me. No raised hands means if you fall over, you get a bump. Are we ready? Okay, church, reach your hands out. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we commission our point recognize and release intercessors in Bay City. We call for a spirit of fire and glory. Uh, We call the anointing of the Holy Ghost to come upon prayer in this church and in these people. Father, we pray a fresh mantle of God to come upon them in Jesus' name. Ready? Just go lay hands on them now. Oh, Holy Ghost. Oh, power. Power of God. Power of God. Power of God. Power of God. Come upon them. Power of God. Come upon them right now. Power of God, come right now. Ay-yah. Power of God. Power of God, touch your life. Power of God. Thank you, Lord. Here it is. Holy Ghost, come. Power of God, intercession, prayer, evangelism, new boldness and authority. Father, in Jesus' name, I break the reproach that came upon Jocelyn. We speak now and break the spirit of reproach. We break every attachment that it's bought, every entanglement it's bought. We release Jocelyn into a new dimension of the Spirit, a new boldness, a new authority, a new season of fruitfulness in her life. In Jesus' name right now. Holy Ghost, come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I didn't realize. Sorry. Well, leadership. Hey, fire of God. Okay, quickly, let's keep moving now. Thank you, Lord. Fire, fire. The fire of God, fire of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost. Come upon them right now in Jesus' name. Power of God, come right now. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, that's wonderful. Okay, if we can just sort of move and the next row that needs to be prayed for, come forward. Okay, just change places. Front row become the back row catching. Back row become the front row receiving. Quickly, just move forward. Move forward. One row across here. As soon as someone taps you on the shoulder, they're going to catch you. You can put your hands up. Catchers, tap them on the shoulder. No hands up unless someone is there to catch you. Okay, we ready? Okay, I don't have something to say here. Okay, lift your hands up. Church, reach your hands out. Let's pray in the Spirit. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we commission each and every one of these people, our wonderful intercessors, we call them to rise to new levels. Fly in the Holy Ghost. 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 Holy Spirit come. Power of God come. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord. Visions. Visions. Seeing. Dreams. Prophetic flows in the Holy Ghost. Prophetic flows in the Holy Ghost. Dreams. Visions. Holy Ghost. Power. Thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost. Whoa. Holy Ghost. Fire. Has everyone been prayed for? You haven't been prayed for? Not prayed for? Come over here, quick. Line. Only one. Chief. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, fill them right now. Fill them, Lord. Fill them. Let the glory of God be upon them. Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, 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 glory, glory. Better come on, Lynn, right now. Glory. Just the glory of the Lord. Come on, catch her, catch her, catch her. Oh, the glory of God come upon her right now. Thank you, Lord. Well, what a great day. Now, don't, don't keep saying no. Say yes. Okay. 
before we go, we've got half a dozen people who are going to university. If you're leaving for university this week, quickly come up. Leaving for university, quickly come up. Now, one of the things, when they sent them out, they all came back. So we want to send you to university. Come back. Come back and get something more from God. When you go out, make a stand. Don't follow the crowd. Be different. Lift your hands to the Lord. Holy Ghost, come. Live, joy. Come on up, help us with this. Church, reach out your hands. Father, we commission and send them to university. We send them. Representatives of the living God. Father, touch them. Let her life count. We speak success in Jesus' name. We speak success in Jesus' name. 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 Praise the Lord. I believe firmly in people going and receiving education. You can't become a doctor unless you've trained. We can't change the medical profession without people sent. Annika just got off to university. She's been studying, getting top marks. Got different ones here. He's done it all from home, got A, a passes. Off now to university. Brett's gonna do a master's degree. We've got others here have passed. Amy, she's been doing fantastic university. She keeps coming back. Father, we just thank you for each one going. Hallelujah. Father, come. Let your anointing come. Holy Ghost, come with the fire of God. Fire. Fire of God. Touch your life. Fill, 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 Holy Ghost. Fill, Spirit of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't we give the Lord a clap? Let's finish now. We're a little long, but let's, here we are. It's a new day. It's a new day of the Lord. A new day. Are you going to university? I don't, I don't remember praying for you. And you were going to walk back without someone praying for you. Come on, you've got to have, you got to push through the crowd, you know. Close your eyes, Father. I pray your blessing upon him as he goes to university. Give him wisdom to excel in his studies and stand out as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. Ooh, Holy Spirit wisdom. Amen. Well, come on, church, let's stand up, get ready to finish up. Next week, next week, you want to come along next week? We're going to be praying for Sarjan. We're going to be praying for him. I want to share with you about, listen, how many look around, fella? It was really hot here today. Yeah, it's pretty hot, isn't it, eh? Well, you know, one of the things we want to do is we want to heat it up and have more people. We're going to have to have two services. I'll talk about that next week as part of growing and advancing with souls. And uh, next week, we're going to be sitting in Sarjan. Going to be praying for him. He's got lots of unsaved friends come. Give them a great welcome. Make sure they're really welcome. We want to see them receive Jesus Christ and uh, be impacted by him and his testimony. We'll talk about two services and about going forward this year. Are you ready to go? Come on, the church. Let's just begin to flow back into song. Let's be that. Come on, strong. Rise up. Rise up. Yeah. Hallelujah.